Blog Talk Radio. G's on the going on, everybody? Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live a little bit earlier than usual, nonetheless, on the 13th of May, 2018. What's going on? How is everybody? Happy Mother's Day to all the strong women out there raising the family, with the family, or on double duty if they're alone. A special day and dear to my heart because I'm not gonna lie, you know, I love my mama so much and I'm a big mama's boy. So anytime it'd be, you know, me and my crew hanging out or we're doing some whatever, whatever. Everybody knows not to bring up mama jokes because one, we might start fighting, or two, if it's my cousins or something like that, you know. Talking all that shit. Sometimes they bring up some mama jokes. I'll call her right on the spot. We'll be kicking it, barbecuing. If they want to pop a mama joke, cool. Let me call her right now. Put her on speakerphone. What was that you were saying about my mom real quick? And then they get all frozen real quick. So, yeah, I'm dropping dimes like that when it comes to my family. If they want to pop some mama jokes off, that's just me. Um, <laughs> uh, nah, but for real, though, um, you know, big shout out to all the women out there. And um, I know sometimes it may seem, um, I don't know, like if we don't give it even side of the playing field, if you uh, talk about archives or whatever, speaking for myself, but as of today in 2018, I'm with it, um, big women's boxing fan, as I mentioned to Willa last weekend, and um, equal opportunists 100%. So I uh, hope everybody out there can enjoy their time with their, with their, with their mother and have a, a good day. Um, as we have on this blessed Sunday ahead. Don't just make Mother's Day the one day you take a million photos with your mother while Other's Day, she's just chilling by herself. So, you know, I try to make it um, as much as I can through the schedule to see my mother and I try to continue to do much so moving forward. But um, another reason we're kind of starting early today is the NBA playoffs, which has been taken apart in the podcast live was we missed uh, two shows because so. Um, uh, congratulatory, as I forgot to mention last show, for Willis' team being in the Western Conference Finals, which will be playing tomorrow against Golden State. And my man LeBron James will be playing um, at 12.30 today. So, LeBron James. Uh, LeBron James. <laughs> so um, we're, uh, we're doing it a little early today. And um, that way we can, uh, you know, 
still get this good boxing talk in. I mean, it's still it feels like the old days from where we came from before because they, we would start at nine o'clock and we're and I mean, you know, Suge and Sign would talk for about an hour straight before me and Willa had to come in bat and clean up and uh, and steal the show. So um, it feels like a little bit of those times. Uh, my man Willa sent me a text early this morning, but I was. Uh, expecting something like that. So I set my alarm for 8 o'clock, which is very early for me on a Sunday morning. Um, but got up, shook the cobwebs off, went to the gym, got back here, and um, can't wait to talk about this weekend's action of boxing. As you heard the preview show, um, we had on Wednesday talking about Lomachenko and Jorge Linares you know, alongside Saddam Ali and Jaime Mugia, some other fights that we're going to get into. But um, the big show that sold this weekend was at Madison Square Garden. But before we get all all that good stuff, um, I want to take it to my man, my main man, tag team partner in the podcasting world, which we hold the straps for this gruesome twosome. Uh, D. Willow Wilson, what's going on, my man? How are you doing today, my man? Oh man, doing good. Uh, happy Mother's Day to all the moms. I see your girl got a. Uh, she got her got her TK. Uh, I don't know if it was TK or I guess it was just the win because it didn't say knockout on there. But I see your girl got a win. Uh, Marcy, my I don't even know what's her name. What's your girl's name? For some reason, about, we're following uh, her Michaela, on Twitter. Michaela Mayer. Yeah, Michaela Mayer. Shout out to her. You know, she's got a good thing. And there's a hey for those who are into into women's boxing there is there is the uh, what's it called that comes on uh HBO, the sport of boxing or fight night or fight show I or think something it's the fight with game. the the fight game. There we go. The fight game. They got a they've got a little yeah. thing on um the women's Cuban boxers, uh, some tough ass ladies uh trying to make it Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, Have you seen that? No, 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 I fast forwarded through that, but I was just letting everybody know that Okay. You know that that was there. You know, you know, that was it. Yeah, I fast forwarded through all that, but but just let everybody know that Happy Mother's Day to all the mom, my mama, my baby mama, and of course my wife. Uh, so uh, yeah, man, excellent. Well, I want to say excellent night of boxing, but it was an excellent fight. There was one excellent fight and a whole bunch of fucking setups on Saturday. Uh, but we'll talk to it, man. There was exposures, there was history made, and there were setups. We saw it, we got to see it all this week between a, a three, four-hour span. So, uh, yeah, man, excited to talk. Glad we get it in early so we can, you know, watch your boy take a, take his first L. And uh, we can feed our, our moms out here, man. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going down. It's going to be a. Uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Let's let's uh, do a little quick prediction. I'm giving. I'm thinking. I'm thinking sweet for these little Celtics. How you feeling about Houston and Golden State? What's your honest opinion on that one when you're talking about uh, predicting a series? Because I would really like if Houston won, and then we could make a little wager. With, you know, because you you tell me you only bet on the Rockets, so them against my man LeBron. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah. Be. Well, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna say. You know LeBron can't get to sleep, no doubt. But I don't think I don't think they're just gonna let him go out. They ain't gonna go out like that. Uh, um, so I'm I'm thinking Cavs and probably six. Uh, 
Rockets in six. Yeah, Rockets uh, winning in Golden State to shut these niggas up. That's how I have it. So I got both going <laughs> six. That'd be dope. I'm with you on that. Hopefully that shit would go down. I'm tired of these these uh these warriors out there. But you know, anyway. Um yo, I was surprised yesterday, Willis, because I mentioned during the show last time when we talked about it last week or uh on the preview that it's kinda hard for me to get hype about Lomachenko fights because, you know, the last two fights that people were supposed to get hyped about with Nicholas Walters and Gabriel Rigandow they didn't really live up to expectations. And if you were someone such as myself who, like, advised their homeboys to watch this fight, like, oh, yo, we got to do something for this fight. It's going to be a dope fight for Walters and Rigo. They kind of look at you like a fucking idiot when <laughs> they see what kind of performance was put on. It's like, man, you know, um, it's hard for me to try to market Lomachenko to the people when they've seen the last two performances in which I said was supposed to be a good fight. So I was kind of on the low with this one. Kicked back um, at the crib yesterday. Put me a little, um, put me a little something in the air, and I was big chilling, man. I was big chilling at the crib, uh, watching the fight. And you know, I, I'm not gonna lie, I was sitting here just like, you know, Lomachenko's toying with this guy. It's gonna be a whole lot of this all fight. Um, Lenars, they kept on talking about how Lenars, you know, look at his back muscles, look at his frame. He's the naturally bigger, full-fledged. He's, he's, he's very strong. Um, he's talking about how strong the guy is, but he hasn't knocked nobody out since 2015. So um, full display was the Fugazi of the commentary, in which I seen you made a comment on in one of the uh, boxing forums that we follow on Facebook. I think you made a remark about the job, Tim Bradley, being sore or something like that. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Hey, that man. was horrible, man. We got to make sure we talk about that because that was the worst shit. I, like, I was actually getting pissed off. It was like Lomachenko uh-huh. would hit him with a few shots. Oh! And then he would get hit, and they wouldn't say shit. They wouldn't say anything. And, yep. and it, was so, it, was, it was ridiculous. Tim Bradley ought to be ashamed of himself. He's turned into the company, man. It's like, what the fuck? I used to like him <laughs> after that. It's like, Jesus Christ. That was horrible. That, mm-hmm. that was the worst I've ever heard. Like, they weren't – and then at one point when Lenares started winning the fight, instead of saying that he's winning or that they were like, well, you know, we'll see what happens. But even if he doesn't win, Len- uh, Lomo came up here and he's trying to, to, to get the bigger man. Like, they weren't, they weren't giving him no props even when he dropped them. It was like, I, you know, and even the – even the fans, they're not – it's like I guess they were listening. You know, I got guys still saying that we got dumbass guys on the OTG page saying that it was easy work, that he easy worked them. Uh, I can understand Jake Morgan is winning. Uh, no, no, no. Jake Morgan is saying it was, it was these, uh, one of these fags I know from a high school. Uh, we ain't going to mention his name. A little, oh, okay. a real little guy that's never – He was never, one of those guys that said that he didn't think, uh, he didn't think Lenars would win one round or something like that. That's what I thought. No, Sorry, Jake, yeah, Jake said that, but they all, yeah, they all had to come back and swallow that. We Lomo ain't that big. He still, he still overhyped. But we'll get to it, man. I'm sorry to cut you off, but hey, that pissed, oh, yeah, yeah. That pissed me off. That pissed me off. Like, no, no, no. I'm serious. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yep, it, it was bad, man. Because I, I wanted to, I, I was, I was throwing you that rope there. I wanted you to go in on it. You didn't have to worry about cutting me off because um, it was just like one of those things where. 
Um, I knew the fight was getting ready to start, but I didn't watch the first 15 minutes because I knew it was all hype and talk about Lomachenko and showing all these um, replays and, and, and highlights and stuff like that. And, I mean, it's, it's such a big company push that makes you wonder why Terrence Bud Crawford is arguing. I mean, he's my number one right now, and he doesn't get nearly enough as the same type of same kind of push from the company that they're pushing for Lomachenko. Um, I don't know why that is. Maybe people could, you know, look for that themselves and think about it. Hey, I will say this, though. What's that? I will say this for Tim Bradley. He did say, like, for, like, it was just a short little, little thing that if Crawford beats Horn, he will be his number, his powerful power. And then they started, like, trying to discredit, oh, that's because you, that's because you, uh, you, um, what is it called? When you, uh, uh, shit, I don't know. He he found them. He found them when he was in, he discovered them. It's like, cause, that's because you discovered them. Yo, you're a little biased because you discovered them. Like, <laughs> and that was two minutes before the guy said Lenoris wasn't doing any body work. Oh, man. Like, like what um, are y'all watching? Yeah, they they definitely – the agenda was on full display yesterday, man. Like, um, one just, more thing. And this is one more thing on that. Hold on. One more yeah, thing. Yeah, this is, this, I, can't, I can't forget this either. So we're watching the fight. They're talking about how Lenari, how, how um, uh, Lomo is making Lenaris miss and look crazy, which he was at some time. But Lenaris was doing the same thing. They're like, oh, his defense, blah, blah, blah. Then they go to the percentages. Both of these guys are learning 27%. One of them is throwing more, so one of them is landing more. That's Lenares. So that means they were both missing that that uh, they were both missing the same amount of shots, the same percentage of shots. But they didn't say nothing about that. It was Lomo. He's so magnificent. Which you know, which he did his thing. But it, it was crazy, man. It, it, it was insane. Full display of the push and the agenda, company man persona, all that stuff that they wanted to push forward. And that's, you know, honestly, when I watch Lomachenko fight, the guy's got skills, man. He's, he's, he's very fucking good creating the angles that he does, which he still leaves himself open if somebody's going to – I mean, you got to think two steps ahead when you're fighting a guy like Lomachenko. So if he's right in front of you, predict some of those side steps that he does once you're in the ring with him and see which way he likes to go to more so than the other. I'm not so sure. I'd have to watch the fight and keep count to see how many times he would go left opposed to going right and seeing if there's a way you could calculate it and kind of predict something like that. I mean, you know you got to take risk with a guy like Lomachenko. Um, uh, even Lenar's corner was mentioning that to him. But uh, you, you, I think that when he does all that matrix shit, when he's going sidestepping and all that, you know, he lost his footing at one point in the fight. And it's just something where fighters looking forward to going ahead against Lomachenko need to look at and think about, you know, predicting going forward and making a move on him. But nonetheless, man, Lomachenko puts together punches, you know, excellent. Very good fighter. Um, not the greatest defensively, but um, he's, he's really good, man. I really do think he's a, a one of the blue chips in the sport. But at the same time, I don't think he is the best. I don't think he is the best in the game. I, I didn't see that yesterday at all. He, he had his moments, and the whole – Shoving him down everyone's throat is what bothers me from the way everyone talks about Lomachenko. You can remember when he came up on the fly with his nickname, Nomaschenko, how hard Joe Tessitore laughed. Like, that wasn't a laugh that was that was um, genuine. That wasn't a laugh that was something that was funny. That was a laugh like when you brown-nosing for your boss at work 
and he said some bullshit joke, and you're like, ah, ha, 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 ha. As soon as he walked away, you got a straight face. Those guys at ESPN and Top Rank, HBO, um, they're really going hard for this one because everyone's got him put up there. I mean, you know, um, Bud Crawford got more bodies than Lomachenko's got fights. <laughs> so um, he, he's put on that pedestal really early, but um, he's got some good work on him. But still at the same time, I'll never forget him losing to Orlando Salido. That's just me. I just don't like hearing people pushing someone down our throats. And he, he, went, he was on display yesterday, and kudos to Jorge Linares because he did what Gamo Rigandau should have did. He did what Nicholas Walters should have did. He got in there, and he wasn't afraid of Lomachenko, and he made it. He made some work, even though he was the bigger guy in the fight, A-side for being the champion. Um, you know, much respect to Lomachenko. Three championships and three different weight classes. Pretty special for a guy that I think the record was 20 wins before who got the the most uh, championships in three different weight classes was a 20-0 and record, I believe, if not 21-0. So, uh still Lomachenko broke that record. And moving forward, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. Um, you can tell at the end of the fight, when you look at Lomachenko, he kind of gave this look at the camera and was like, ah. Like, you could tell he had to dig a little deeper than normal. Was that because the fighter was so much bigger than him? I don't know. Um, mentioning the fact that Linares hasn't knocked nobody out since 2015, is that more of him being the bigger man for dropping Nomaschenko in the sixth round? Or was that a little bit of a, you know, questionable chin? Questionable... Uh, mental toughness because I noticed him complaining a lot to the ref about picking up his shots and they didn't seem low to me when he's crying to the ref talking about these are low shots. I don't know. Was he, you know, stringing along an excuse? And I, I don't know. He didn't complain nearly as much when Orlando Salido was giving him some real low blows. So, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, uh, I thought Lomachenko would get him out of there in eight rounds. Took twice, uh, two more longer than I expected, but um, I didn't see Linares, uh going the distance with him for the simple fact that he was going to go in there weighing about you know 20 pounds heavier than Lomachenko. I think he was like 21 or 22 yesterday, but he was. Um, I thought he was going to uh, gas himself out a little bit, trying to hang with Lomachenko's speed. It seemed like he did for a second. I mean, early in the fight, it looked like he was running low on stamina, but you know he showed life in him. In, uh, in certain parts of the second half, but, you know, Lomachenko, um, he, he definitely has some flaws in his game, man. And I'm not so sure if he takes that same straight down the pipe that he took from Jorge Linares from a guy like Mikey Garcia, he's going to get up and see the end of the round. Um, Linares was very cautious when he dropped him in the sixth round, probably has stunned himself as much as everybody in attendance and people watching all over the world to see Lomachenko get dropped by that straight. He didn't seem very aggressive, um, which is a, a, a good thing and a bad thing at times. You don't want to get too wild when you hurt a guy and uh, get caught with something. But he was just walking him down without letting his hands go. So he looked like he was trying to get aggressive but not really doing anything about it. Next thing you know, six rounds over. Um, Lomachenko got a cut in the bridge of his nose uh, from that shot. 
and got taken care of right away. But fight started to get into the momentum of uh, of Lomachenko after that. You know, Lerner always put together a couple punch combinations that some of them got through, but some of them were just a waste of energy, throwing five punches, hitting a lot of arms and whatnot. But uh, much respect to Lenar, he did himself a, a good job, and nobody's going to blame him for not being able to make the count for that liver shot because if you talk to anybody in boxing, they'll tell you about how much of a poker face you have to have from taking those body shots opposed to taking a shot you see coming up on top. So uh, that one really snuck in there very fast to the to the body with a left hook, and um, that was all she wrote. Uh, tough, gritty performance for Vasil Lomachenko, as we mentioned, going against the bigger guy. And, you know, he, he did his thing. He did his thing for sure, and I, I'm pretty sure no matter if, that he got dropped in the fight, he's not going to drop in any rankings. So he's going to continue to move forward. And, you know, there's some fights out there for him, and if they want to – you know, make make history. Uh, Mike Garcia need to stop fucking around with talking about Earl Spence and talking about Mikey Garcia, man. Shit. So hopefully we can get something like that. But I was really entertained with the fight. Um, had me up and at it for a second, and um, really impressed. I was really I was really glad that we could see Lomachenko in a uh, in a fight like that where we could see him have to dig a little deeper than normal and put some stuff together because even though he was um, and, and uh, got dropped. He never seemed like he was in real danger. Maybe took three good shots that on that entire fight, like really solid shots uh, early in the fight. I believe in the fourth round, he took uh, uh, a right hand as he was moving around and offset his left foot when he was trying to plant himself and 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 get set. So you, you could tell he took some big shots, but you know, Linares took a lot of shots and. Anyone want to ask him what the ceiling looks like over that MSG? I'm pretty sure he could describe it all. He, he was looking up at the lights a few times. But um, thoroughly impressed. Um, give Lomachenko a B-plus grade for his performance. Um, would have been an A if he did not take that knockdown. So uh, that, that, that dropped him a little bit for me. Um, interesting fight, though, man. Lenares, for people who thought that he couldn't get no rounds in, he did good, and um, I'm not so sure about the rematches as they were talking about because I eh, just don't really care for rematches like that. Um, probably was the best that we're going to see Lenard in a fight with Lomachenko. And Lomachenko, being the you know technician that he is, I expect him to get back to the drawing boards and clean up that mistake that he made and stop being so damn cocky coming in and uh, letting that right come straight down the pipe because he was just a little too comfortable fighting in that phone booth yesterday. And unfortunately for Lenar, is not having much power. He couldn't make him pay for it. But I was impressed with the fight. Willa, what did you think about the whole fight, how it went down? And I mean, were you, in shock, were you shocked at any moment, um, especially as I'm uh, talking about any moment being that knockdown when Lomachenko uh, suffered the first knockdown in his professional career in that sixth round? Um, well, first off, I want to say it was an excellent fight. Uh, Linares showed what I thought that he is a good fighter. He just don't he just don't have he just don't have that certain thing that that makes you an elite championship fighter. He's got elite skills. It's just it's like even though he got up, you know, let's not forget he did get up. Even though he got up, he was hunched over. It was like a half ass, you know. 
I don't know. It wasn't like it was a KO, like he got hit in the head or anything. So, you know, if you're wobbly when you get up from a head punch, you know, I can under, you know, I, you know, it is what it is. He didn't sort of, he wasn't mad afterwards. He sort of said something about it, like after, after, after the fact that he got up and he should have been able to keep on fighting. But, you know, uh, he just doesn't have what it takes. Uh, Lomachenko, I give him uh, an A for for his, his effort. He got knocked down. Was that surprising? Oh, yes, it was. Definitely great shot. But you could sort of see that even though Linares doesn't punch that hard, he was punching hard to Lomachenko. And, but Lomachenko, he took, you know, he just kept on coming, and he just kept on coming. And I give, you know, to me, it looked like, you know, I had I had Linares up in the fight when he got the, when he got knocked out, um, and it looked like, and I had him winning that round until that little combination at the end that put him down, you know, which is crazy. Like he 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 started having the momentum. He started, it looked to me, you know, a lot of people, it is what it is. A lot of people are saying that, you know, Lomachenko switched up his game plan and he, and he overpowered him and he, and he did all that. No, I didn't see any of that. I saw Lomachenko slowing down. I saw Lomachenko starting to get beat up. At the same time, putting in these combinations. So, like, he when he got the uh, – he cut his eye after he knocked down. Maybe that was a, a round or two after he got knocked down, so the eighth maybe. He came out and he, he cut his eye, and then he started whooping him. I was like, okay, Lomachenko's about to start stepping it up. Then the, then the ninth round, he lost to me, in my opinion. It looked like he lost. looked like he started getting beat up. looked like he started getting tired. Then the tenth round came in, and the same thing. But Linares – was sort of looking the same way, even though he was hitting him with these bombs. Like you said, he was using a lot of energy. Lomachenko had him using energy. And all of a sudden, he hits him with this little two-piece that doesn't even look like it hurts. He tries to swing, and he gets caught. Uh, game over. The the liver. The liver shot is what they're calling it. So, you know, I give Lomachenko all the credit in the world for this fight. Um, this was a big-time fight. He came in, got beat up, but still did what he had to do to win. And he did it by putting the pressure on this guy the whole time. So, you know, I have him, you know, no disrespect uh, to uh, to Crawford, who I think is the best fighter in the game. But as of now, I have Lomachenko as the pound-for-pound guy. Not because <laughs> because in big fights, and, and really, in big fights against the top guys, Lomachenko is 1-0. and You know, I think this was his biggest fight. We're not going to count Rigondeaux or Walters because they didn't come to fight. And we're not going uh, to count Toledo, even though he lost. We're not going to count that as a big fight. Last night was a big fight. He's 1-0. and um, And uh, Crawford is, is also 1-0. But he's got those other three guys. If you add those guys to the mix, he's got more big names on his on his belt, man. He's thirty years old. Like I don't give a shit about all this. Um, you know, the young, uh, the quickest to three belts because he's thirty years old. You know what I'm saying? That he's the quickest, oh, yeah. but he's he's also old as hell. 
So, you know, they're like, oh, we're comparing him to Oscar De La Hoya. Oscar De La Hoya was in his 20s when he did that. So how is that, you know, that quickest shit, no, I want to hear who the youngest guy was. Like, I think Broner might be the youngest four-time world champion uh, or four-division world champion. So those are real. That's real history. That's real history. This other shit, quickest, too. He's 30 years old. He's he's about to start winding down real quick. These other guys were just growing. And so I have him as number one. I got Crawford as number two until he beats Horn and does exactly what he just did, right? Beat a bigger guy for the chip, all that good stuff. Then he'll take over. But as now, for now, I'm giving him his respect. That was an excellent win. Um, I can't hate on him at all. He he did, but he was exposed to he ain't he isn't really dominant. He can't dominate three world divi- uh, three divisions like other champions have been able to do. You know, uh, like actually, he can't beat another champion in that division. He beat the weakest champion, and that's all he can do. He's maxed out at three because um, he's just such a small guy. So I see Lomachenko probably going. He's got to go back down. He does if he fights Mikey Garcia, it's going to be a slaughter. If he fights, uh, what's the name? Is at uh, one thirty, right? So he can still he still could fight Tank. Uh, Tank looks better and better. Uh, he looked he he's looking better after last fight um, because he's he's hitting a little harder and he's a little faster. But he's not as long, you know. But he's probably longer than Lomachenko. So we're gonna we're gonna see. Um, Lomachenko did his thing. I'm not hating on him. Uh, he is number one, the pound for pound guy last night uh, after that fight. But he was exposed, just like Triple G. Not. Not like Triple G was was done by uh, Jacobs, not of the same caliber, but he was exposed that the hype needs to die down just a little. You know, guys like Tim Bradley talking about he's the best fighter he's ever seen. You know, all that dick ride needs to needs to cease. <laughs> he, he went life or death with Linares, uh, who is a good fighter, but who's been asleep three times, three out of three sleeps. You know, so that's. Hey. You well, know. real quick, why why did you say on that post that Tim Bradley's jaw was sore or something like that? Because he was he had been he had been pulling this from the beginning of the broadcast. Like he wasn't just sucking his dick the whole time, <laughs> the, the, the whole fight. He was doing it before the thing. You know, Tim Bradley is the only person in America uh, that's on IG that hasn't seen the tennis ball uh, bouncing off the uh, the tennis ball. Tied to the head oh, on the rope. Yeah. You know, he's like, "Oh, that's the first time I've ever seen it." Like, what the fuck are you talking he about? Nigga? I'm not, I don't even box. Yeah, I don't even box, and I see that <laughs> on my uh, on my Instagram all day. Instagram knows that 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 you know. I see ads for this all day. Like, what is he talking about, man? So you know, that also made me that. real hype. Yeah, that also made me real hype when he when he uh, got knocked out. I wanted to see Lenares lock his ass out. I, I, I admit that, but he didn't. He couldn't. He went up there, beat a guy twenty pounds heavier than him. Bernard's uh, ought to be ashamed of himself, but he's gonna go back down. Um, if I was them, I wouldn't. Unless it's for the big, big bucks, I'm not fighting those guys up there. I'm gonna go ahead and let that belt, let that belt slide, because you know he's probably gonna get killed by these other guys. Yeah, man, true that. He ain't he ain't trying to get no smoke with none of those guys. And I mean, 
I just look at it like I wonder what people think now. Um, if they still think I'm as crazy as I thought, like, I mean, I felt like we're in the minority because I know you you, uh, you agree with me on the fact that Mikey Garcia would knock his ass out. Some people thought that that was just a little crazy. But um, from what I seen yesterday, no doubt in my mind, 100% Mikey Garcia would, would he would, I mean, he would ragdoll this guy. Um, it would it would be pretty bad because you know as accurate as a puncher that Lomachenko is and the punches he puts together, Mikey Garcia is about times two on that, and he's been in there with the bigger opponents. I mean, you hear the guy talking about Spence. Um, there ain't no punk in Mikey Garcia, especially when you're talking about uh, you know 135 and below. All those dudes are looking at him like king, man. Um, they ain't trying to mess with, with Mikey Garcia when they're at that weight class, seeing what he did um, up in weight. So um, we'll see how they they uh, maneuver Lomachenko's career moving forward because they definitely got themselves a cash cow. They want to protect him. The fans seem to love him. And um, he's, uh, he's what people want to see as far as offensively gifted Um he puts together similar defensive moves where you talk about the matrix and he's hard to hit, and uh, they try to over put him uh, put him over the top yesterday. Talk about best of both worlds as far as offensively gifted and defensively gifted and this and that. So, um, but that's so crazy. They were both. They were. It's so funny. They were trying to push that narrative hardcore, and then you see both these niggas is landing at twenty seven percent. Yeah. <laughs> So it was like they was pushing that shit. Lomachenko was getting hit last night, and he was getting hit hard, and he was getting hit hard to the body, and he was getting checked with that uh, yep. with that, that that left hook. But the little nigga kept on coming, and he stopped the guy that's been stopped. No disrespect, no credit taken away. The credit has not been taken away. I have him pound yeah, for pound number one guy. You know what I'm saying? If somebody says it's Crawford, I truly understand that because he hasn't lost. But, you know, Crawford hasn't really fought too many guys. You know, he's been whooping up on guys, but he hasn't fought. You know, he's got more bodies, but but whatever. But once he fights Horn, he'll been done the same thing that Lomachenko just did, went up, uh, beat up a guy bigger than him for the belt. So then he'll take his crown back. But for now, there's no credit taken away from Lomachenko. But he's too small for those guys, and he was exposed that he is. He's not the greatest fighter ever if he can't dominate three weight classes, and he can't. So stop this Tim Bradley dick riding that you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, Tim Bradley to cut that Uncle Tom shit out, man. But I think um, after that performance yesterday, guys would probably be lined up a little bit more happily to fight Lomachenko than they were before. That's just me. I mean, um, with with the Big guy. With some of the shots that Lomachenko take, I think guys would be more happy to get in the ring with Lomachenko than they were previous to yesterday. Yeah, big guys, definitely. Yeah, at that weight class, yeah. I want to see him. I think I could drop him. But the little guys, I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, my man Tank, he probably looked in there. He's probably still, you know, he feels a little better, but he's still a little cautious. You got still a little know, cautious. That's these, yeah, he's still a little cautious. You know, Lomachenko just won, man. You know, unlike Triple G, who I think lost, Lomachenko got exposed, but he still won. So, 
you know, I'm going to give him his credit. These little guys probably still don't want to see him. They feel a little better, but they ain't feeling that better. But if, they, you know, they're still at this weight class and they want that belt, oh, I'm trying to get that. Trap season, as they call it. So, yeah, somebody's going to have to look up and take that opportunity. But um, I know we got JP with us. Um, so let's take it out to Long Beach and uh, see how everything's going with JP. Willa, you can go ahead and take the reins as you guys always want to compete about who's got better weather. But for me, JP was good. Man, good morning to y'all. How's my audio? My audio okay? Yes, sir. Sound good yeah, to me, yeah. man. Okay, yes, sir, man. And well, I'm, I'm hoping y'all ain't having no evacuations or nothing like that. Y'all ain't got to be down there at that Astrodome or nothing. I'm hoping everything's good down there in Houston. Um, oh yeah, every yeah, it's, it's 90 degrees, so it's about to get hot. <laughs> All the mosquitoes yeah. gonna eat you, motherfuckers alive. Flies everywhere. You know how it gets down in the south. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, though, man, I don't know if y'all seen my timeline, my nigga, but I woke up to, like, 18 notifications. Now, all I did is I went on uh, old Michael Montero shit, and I said, uh, Vasile showed vulnerability. And I um, woke up to 18 notifications, basically ranging from – now, I, I want to put out a, a PSA and let everybody know something. One, I'm a black man. Willa is, too, for that matter, for all you out there who don't know that. And also, we're boxing fans. Those are two things I want everybody to know, man. That said, I will be critiquing all nationality of fighters. You see, there's this narrative out there that I don't quite understand, but here, here's how it seems to go. Because I'm a black dude, I hate Lomachenko. And the reason I hate him, I believe, is, for one, he's white. That, and two, I think it has something to do with, like, Mayweather. Or I, I, I don't, I'm not sure what they're, what they're trying to imply, but if you're black, you can't critique white fighters or any other fighters, especially white, because you hate white people. And something about Mayweather, like, I guess you, you're threatened by them dethroning Mayweather, who's retired. I don't quite get it. I don't quite get it, but it's something like that. So first of all, I want to say fuck them, you know what I mean, because I will be critiquing boxing like I've been doing for the longest, and I'm a black dude who does that, so get over that shit. Um, with, with Lomachenko last night, dude, uh, like I said, there's a little vulnerability. Now, in that vulnerability, you could also say we also learned some things. Was he dropped? Yes, he was dropped. What we learned from the drop, though, um, he could get up and like like nothing and get back to business. So that's something you always want to know about your fighter. You always wonder when this when this uh, high prospect gets hit hard, how's he going to react? You've seen a guy like Adrian Broner kind of never really recover. Like I, that motherfucker got PTSD or some shit still. But you've seen Vasil able to jump right back up like, okay, it's really good now. Now, but what we did see as vulnerability or flaw, I thought, you know, he um, he didn't protect his body well. Like you just said, Willa, uh, Linares was ripping shots to the body. And then he was also, you could 
people could say it was, you know, a lapse in concentration. But one thing I, I hated about uh, Lamar is the motherfucker do all this flashy-ass mitt work, all this speed shit for Instagram, right? Get in the, get in the fucking wing and give you a, a, a high guard, one-two all night. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. The guy let one, like, five-punch combination go, and that was it. The rest of the time, it was a one-two in the high guard kind of walking around. What's the use of having all that hand speed and mobility if you're going to walk around with a high guard? But, um, you like know. like Christy Bay Jr. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you know, Linares, people are saying Lomachenko beat Linares, and that's something. Now, dude, we all know Linares has been TKO'd three times. Now, these dudes he's been TKO'd by, I've looked at them. One of the dudes, um, Juan Carlos Sadato, the dude went on to lose six in a row. The other dude, uh, I don't really want to, you know, one of them never fought in the United States. There's a bunch of fights in Mexico out there. You know, so these guys he's been TKO'd by were nobodies. They they disappeared into boxing. And then the wins, his biggest win is what, like Luke Cam- Campbell, Anthony Carolla? He's beat nobody, man. This is one of them Nice little pickups where you you win a you get a name on your resume you get some money but really you know it's wool it's being it's wool pulled over our eyes. Jorge Linares has beat really nobody. Now the the critique is you got dropped by Jorge Linares. So imagine like you guys alluded to saying what Tank is sitting around thinking. What's Mikey Garcia, Mister One Two thinking, Mister? One two down the pipe after seeing Jorge um, Linares drop him with a one two down the pipe. Mikey sitting back like shit. If I land that, he ain't gonna jump up that fast. You know what I mean? So nope. all it is, you know, we've seen a little vulnerability, but in that we learned that Lomachenko can get up and keep fighting like a motherfucker. But we did the door slightly open. See the the door for Triple G didn't open on Jacobs. It opened against Kell Brook simply landing some good combinations against them. And we was like, hmm. So just seeing seeing Vasile get dropped opens that door, a little more confidence for the Mikeys, for the Tank Davises of the world. That's all I'm saying. Hey, yeah, and besides the uh, uh, besides what you said, we just want to make sure that we, we recognize that Broner did win the last round against Maidana, and he did knock uh, Porter down the last round. So he don't have no PTSD. Fuck out of here. Broner is a four-time four-division champion. Let's give this man his respect. <laughs> hey, man, Broner is not going to let his hands go. He is handcuffed when, the heavy, when the heavy punchers are coming. Heavy puncher, next heavy that. puncher, he fights. That's why they've kept them away from punchers because once he feel that thud on his forearms, he's gonna wait till you're done. That's what I mean by PTSD. Uh, yeah, but he's always done that. That's nothing, man. PTSD, you got to form that. It ain't because he was good. He got dropped because he came back and fought. I, we know AB's a AB's gonna fight. He might not throw no punches, but he's gonna stay, he's gonna at least fight a little bit. <laughs> I'll fight a little bit. Yeah, after you done, yeah, he's going to wait until you finish. You get hit. Yeah, he's going to let you punch him, but he ain't going to just quit. You know. No, no, you know, he's, he's not, not going to quit. quit. He's tough. No, never going to quit. Yeah. Never going to quit. But I, I, what I hey, mean Ethan by PTSD Jr. Was, beats Lomachenko. No, no way. Yes. 
That's too no, big. Man. No way. Hey, no way. He beats them. If, Easter if, uh, fucking if, gonna end up. Easter the same height. Easter don't keep his height. Easter gonna in the fight gonna be the same height as Lomachenko because he don't know how to keep his height. <laughs> he will, <laughs> but he punches way harder. Nobody's worried about this little guy. He got that good shot. You know, I don't think I don't think uh, he was gonna hit him hit him in the head and knock him out. He got him with a good perfect little shot, set him down for eight. He actually stood up for the ten, but you know. He didn't. He didn't cry about it, so I guess we can't cry about it. But yeah. and that's what I want. That too, though, Willa. That was some bullshit. That motherfucker was up. This nigga just had to lift his head and look at the ref. He wasn't. Man, come on, dude. That was a, kind of some bullshit for Lenares. But that's Lenares. That's Lenares. Yeah, Lenares. Like like, yeah, he could have did something. Nah, he was up, dog. You just got to try to take that. You know, De La Hoya never got up from that uh, shot from Russell. Oh, yeah, so when he got up. knocked his ass down with that body shot, he was down for a good 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he got up. He, I mean, he was hurt, man. You know, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to say he quit, but I think uh, somebody with some dog in him would have got up. He don't have a dog. No. But he, he should have won. Did you have him up in that fight? How did you have the fight before it, uh, before, before it ended? I had Lomachenko kind of running away with it, but I, I think I called it the best man. A few shows, like earlier on in the in the Outsiders podcast, man, this motherfucker is Joe Calzaghe, man. Them slappy ass punches, I'm telling you. Now Joe Calzaghe's all time great, but that motherfucker ain't that fun to watch, you know, it, it, unless you get excited by them slappy ass punches, but. That's all Lomachenko's going to be in at this, especially at this weight class. At 135, if he ever dare go 140, it's going to be a slap. Ooh, fest. ooh, yeah. No, 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 no. Like I said, he's he's done at 135. He doesn't want to. He was getting like he was getting touched hard. You know, they, that body, that left hook to the body was hurt. And Lenares ain't knocking nobody out. So once he goes against these bigger punches, they just hey they can take those little jibby jabs. They just got to make sure they see see him hit him in the stomach. You know he's punching hard enough to to hit you in the liver and take you down. But that's it. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I think he's got to go back down. The big money fight, yeah. he can't do it. And I you know I don't think yeah that's all yeah I think like my I think all these guys even even Eastern Junior man who's who's sort of trash. I agree. He just they just got too big. He looked like he was slowing down to me. You said he was running away with it. It looked like to me he was slowing down. I look at fights. I guess everybody looks at fights different. I try to keep it keep it 100. It looked like he was about to he was coming back when he had the blood, but then that next round, which I think was the ninth, I think uh I think um Linares won it. And then I also think he was winning that 10th round. Before like the end of the the end of the round, he just let him knock him out. So you know, but one rep had it, one rep had it a tie, one rep had Lenares up, one rep had um, had Lomachenko up. So I guess it was pretty even fight, and that's with the knockdown. So you know. No, oh, yeah, for sure. I, I'm a I'm a little bit with uh, Jay on this one, man. I had, I mean, 
competitive first five rounds. You know, you could arguably say that Lenar's probably got the first round and maybe swung one around somewhere in between. But you got to think about everything that was going on in fourth because I think Dan Rayfield's fat ass was in attendance. And um, I think he had it uh, split by one round. I think it was one round apart, but for Lomachenko after the knockdown had happened. So maybe he was uh, being really um, really fair when it comes to judging, but I was looking at it like from from the perspective of, nah, man, Lomachenko's probably up right now 5-0 going into this sixth round. And then what happened, what happened, whatever, whatever, whatever it was. But, you know, with the same kind of push that, you know, that Lomachenko's been getting from what we talked about being commentary um, and, and by the company, he, no matter what, if Lenares would have finished that fight, still chopping to the body, doing all these things that we were talking about that he did good, he still wasn't going to win on the cards, man. And it probably would have been really lopsided, too. So he he knew he had to go in there, being the champion, being the A side, being the you know the top name in the fight because of the belt alone. He had to win that fight by knockout, man. And I thought that no matter what we thought about the round, it was all favored to Lomachenko, really close. Uh, I mean, so he might have been running away with it. I'm with Jay on that. Yeah, I have to say, man, in order to beat Lomachenko, that's why I felt like a guy like Rigondeaux didn't stand a chance you got to have a high work rate because this guy going, like I think part of his tactical approach, because like you've seen even in that knockout, and, uh, and I'll have to kind of digress from some of the things I said about him being slappy, is that he doesn't put the same amount of emphasis on each punch, on every punch. So even with that liver shot last night, he didn't throw that like a punch with a lot of conviction on it. Because if you see the replay, he was still punching after Linares was going down. So he didn't expect for that to be the finishing shot. But it, it like Rigondale, a guy like Rigondale don't work enough. I thought um, Linares, with all that flashy Instagram bullshit, would work. But he didn't work. You know, he, you got to work more than that. And that's where, um, you know, that's what's going to be the tough part. And I, I got a guy like Mikey who's bigger, stronger, and with the timing, you know, I could definitely see him. And, and it, last night just made me more interested and a little more confident in thinking Tank Davis could fucking pose a threat. You know, I know one thing, Tank going to get in there yep. and pop the shit out of him, you know, something quick and fast and hard, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, and he ain't going to be in there. I don't think, well, we have to see. I'm not sure about Tank yet. But... It made me more interested in seeing that. So the the more shine or the more lipstick that comes off the pig, per se, the more interest we have in seeing other fighters because that air of invincibility is wiped away just with a knockdown. Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying to Willow. Like, I, I, you would think that after the vulnerability he showed yesterday, um, was he the matrix for the entire fight? No, he, he took some. He took some shots. As we talked about the body shot, and we talked about the lack of him. Whether it be a lack of respect or lack of technique, I think it'd probably be a respect factor. How he came in and got dropped in that sixth round. However, his guard was was halfway up, and you know he got caught straight down the middle. There's got to be guys that 
think about Lomachenko before the fight, they're a little bit more confident in their chances against Lomachenko after what we've seen yesterday. And that's not a knock. Lomachenko didn't look like shit, but he did show signs of vulnerability that I think that some of his, um, let's say the Lomachenko fan base would probably turn the other cheek to. You know what I mean? Let me comment real quick because I'm on that on Twitter. And it feels like Manny Pacquiao all over again. You, you're about to have this rabid fan base for this dude where you're not going to oh, be yeah. allowed to critique. Get in there? Yeah, yeah, we, we hear you. Yeah, we hear, bro. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying. It's going to be another one of the Manny Pacquiao situations, I think. And I'm pretty sure they were in a small room in the garden yesterday, but that thing was lit, you know, as far as I could tell. And it was lit with uh, Loma fans. But uh, these Twitter dudes, man, they attacking, bro. This guy got a little little hive, you know, like the beehive and all that. He got a, a Loma hive. And these cats is, like, serious. It's like you remember when uh, Ward and that Triple G thing was going and you had all them GGG guys out there. Loma has his cult. He has his hive. And um, I'm taking in some They're shit. All right, yeah, yeah, you, and it's fucking weird because it seems like if you're a black dude, that you just, oh, you, you mad because of Mayweather. And I'm like, what the fuck are you even talking about? Strange, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. You got to say fuck all those clowns on Twitter. I, 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 like, I ignore that shit a lot, man. A lot of people just throw so much stupid shit. They just want to throw shit at the wall and see if it sticks. And, of course, boxing goes down to great Vision and from the eye test of everybody who wants to just pick some parts, pick some shit apart. So like, man, those fucking clowns out there—they are. That's one of the things that is also something that bothers me about the whole Lemachenko hype train, is he is getting that similar Manny Pacquiao type of, um, uh, like, like Skip Bayless talked about, uh, witnesses and shit like that. You get some of these people who really don't have a, a, a big clue, especially with a lot of the casual fan base he's been getting with the ESPN fights. You just and then plus the commentary don't help. Like us the boxing fans that realize this shit, yeah, we realize some sucker shit when we hear it. But for those outside viewers that come in and hear the commentary and be like, Oh, Tim Bradley, he's a, uh, I think he's going to the boxing hall of fame. He fought Pacquiao three times. So his words are credible. Joe Tessitore, his words are credible. They take that shit here and it just it builds the mystique about this guy, Vasil Lomachenko, who is a really good fighter. But is he the best in the game? I don't think so, man. So, fuck all those clowns who be talking that bullshit, man. Water under the bridge, man. They ain't, they ain't nobody. This, they got to jump and swing up to hit us in the knees. So, yeah. <laughs> it's funny to go back and forth with them sometimes, though. I have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah, these guys are these guys are out of control. Um, but just like the Triple G guys sort of calmed down after, uh, you know, JP was right, after Kell Brooks, Opened the door and then Jacobs kicked it, kicked it in. You know they sort of calmed down, and you know reality sets in very quickly when it comes to boxing. So you know, if Lomo's smart and he wants to keep his fans happy, he he goes back down to one thirty, and he leaves them big niggas alone. And then they'll all you know, he's he's not Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao deserves. Deserve the foolery. Lomachenko could deserve the foolery, but he doesn't deserve the foolery now. 
You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, let's not compare. We're comparing him to uh, Pacquiao. We're out of control. Uh, but, like I said, I do give him as the top pound-for-pound boxer in the game right now just based on the last three years of uh, of him fighting. He's had the best last three years. So, I'm going to give it to him. I say he doesn't move. So, wherever anybody had him before, if you had him at two, he ain't moving. If you have him at one, he ain't moving. But he ain't at one on my list. So, he's just stationary for where he's been in, in my eyes. So, everybody sees that and how where they had him right before. That's what it is. Where is it? Who? Lomachenko? You. You said... Yeah, where do you have Lobachico? You said wherever you have him. Where do you have him? Oh, um, well, I have him at three. So he hasn't moved for me. That's three. Me. I got Buck. Behind who? Crawford and Spence. I got Mike Garcia, too. That's just me. Oh, okay. You got a guy that disappeared for two years as the number two boxer. Yeah, he came back and did some work. Beat the brakes off. I guess who? came back. Hey man, Who'd he look, be? At comp, look at his comp. Uh, I forget how to pronunciate the dude's uh, last name, but he won Outsiders Boxing of the Year, Knockout of the Year last year. Um, I'm top of the how to say it, but then he beat the shit out Adrian Broner. And I mean, Mike Garcia is not a man to mess with. He's about to catch Robert Easter Jr. slipping too. Easter's going. Um, he might not be going to sleep in this fight, but he will get stopped. Mike is going to stop him. And you know how much you know. See, that's funny. How we correlate this all together? How JP saying that you know you kind of get this kind of uh, this this hate a little bit, thinking that a black man is gonna hate on a white fighter or something like that. And you guys do this to me. I'm being, I feel like I'm being attacked right now. Not, not really, but you know, Puerto Rican um, defending a Mexican don't really happen too much. But hey, I'm my number two p- fighter in the in the game pound for pound on the RC list wears a cowboy hat, and he's probably at a flea market right now. <laughs> so, hey, Mike Garcia, I'm just saying when it comes to skills, paying bills, man, that's that's that guy until somebody proves me wrong, and which I've been waiting for somebody to prove me wrong because I'm not a big fan of the guy, but I can keep it real and be consistent with it. So, Mike Garcia, that's that guy. Lomachenko, I'm not sold on this little guy still, man. Good, good fighter, really good fighter, but, you know. Mike he just sold you, man. Both of the bodies and he got fight. Hey. You know, I I I don't see how we can have Mikey Garcia as a top five pound for pound guy right now. And I am a fan of Mikey Garcia. See, a lot of people say, you know, they say that I'm very biased, and they say this. I'm never I, I'm never biased, and if I am biased, I will tell you that I'm being biased. Right? I like Mikey Garcia. I think he is the second best boxer in the game behind. Bud Crawford, but he has not proven that yet. He has no big fight. His biggest fight is Adrian Broner, who, even though that is a big fight, he was lost twice. He wasn't a top 10 guy. He wasn't anything, uh, you know. He hasn't, you know, he wasn't doing that. Lomachenko has beat top 10 guys, a top 10 guy, He's beat champion. He's done. He he's done more. Yeah, I mean, it, his resume. 
It says he's done more than Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia disappeared for two years. That's his fault. Like when Ward had to come back. But Ward was number one. Mikey Garcia disappeared, and he was just climbing. He never really did break the top ten. Uh, the top, yeah, top ten pound for pound. So, like, if I think about it, Mikey Garcia probably isn't top five pound for pound. He hasn't done anything, really. He has three, except, I mean, he's got three uh, divisions, I believe, just like Lomachenko, which is getting him up there. But he, he has no big wins, except Adrian Broner, and that's not a big win. This is why the pound for pound list is such, like, uh, it's so arguable, because some people actually got Canelo in the top five pound for pound. People got uh, Triple G, pound yes. for pound, top five, possibly. People had uh, only moving down one spot after losing to Andre Ward in the pound for pound list. So the pound for pound list, man, that's that's cool, guys. Yeah, it's it's all for debate, you know. It is, it is. But as long as people keep it consistent, you know, if you keep your if you keep it consistent, I can respect your pound for pound list. So you know, I'm not saying that nobody is keeping it consistent or not. I'm just saying, you know, some people. If you've got Canelo in there, then you've got to have Triple G in there. And you probably got to have Kovalev in there, and that all makes sense to me. And those are probably those are really the top five fighters in the game. But you know, it is what it is. I want to yeah, see where he had him. I personally take Joshua over the past his two year reign and beating the lineal reigning decade heavyweight champion Vladimir Klitschko. With that and his consistency, I'm kind of feeling Joshua. It really should be Andre Ward if he had not taken this hiatus. Um, Or it would be Keith if he had not taken this hiatus. So these guys who are in place, these motherfuckers kind of interim, if you ask me, because really should none of them be there if Keith and Andre would be still fighting. Oh, yeah. But they're not. And Keith Thurman, yeah. I mean, so you have Keith Thurman. So Andre Ward retired. So we don't we don't talk about him until he comes back. So you had Keith Thurman as the pound for pound guy. Just based on you know, if, if I don't know how to critique the pound for pound properly, nobody really does. I don't think. But right. for me, I'm I'm gonna take your past two years, and have you been dominant, and who have you dominated? And for me, that's either Keith or Joshua. Uh, Mikey has really beat nobody that you should be like, yes, he deserves to be on the pound-for-pound pound list. Mikey Howe has looked great. Uh, Vasil, uh, he, got a, he, has a, he has an argument to be there because, you know, Rigondeaux, uh, Sosa, Mariaga, you know, decent guys, I suppose, Linares. But Kovalev, that's ridiculous. Um, Canelo, you know, that fight with Triple G. But Canelo prior to that is beaten like Kirkland and Amir Khan. So not that don't do it for me. But Joshua, you know, beating Klitschko and beating, you know, top heavyweights kind of does it. Dylan White, you know, I, I feel Joshua, me personally. You know, they usually don't, you know, I mean, I feel that. I mean, that, that's that's reasonable. But that's how you see it. Joshua has done his thing. He beat an old guy and another guy. I'm sorry, guy. But, you know, he's been doing his thing. 
No doubt, man. Yeah. And, uh, I think if he, if he, whoever he got next, who, who's the? Um, I think Dylan White is a solid win. I think uh, Dominic Brazil is a hell of a win, and and Klitschko in that mix. And well, you know, Takam was whatever, and but yeah, Martin. that guy hasn't had a. Oh God! Can't forget RC. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the God, he walks as a God, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You heard glad that nigga ain't God. I'll be like, shit. I spent all this time praising you. Fuck. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I personally, I, I gotta take Joshua right now. Not mad at that at all. That's it. That's it. I mean, like we said, it's always up for the door. That's why the pound for pound list is always different from everybody else's or whether it be sanctioning bodies or whether it be ESPN or shit like that. But it's what it is. Um, I'm going to take do this thing, but um, let's take it to the uh, other main event that happened yesterday, and which was um, young Mexican, 21 years old. Andy Mongia, who was in a discussion for fighting with uh, Triple G that did not get accepted because of age and whatnot. Well, he was in the ring yesterday against Saddam Ali. And I can tell you right now, it was a really, 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 really good fight for me to watch yesterday. No one enjoyed it more than me. And possibly some of my people. He got what happened. He got what he deserved yesterday. Disrespecting Miguel Cotto. Picking on an old man going on retirement with a torn bicep. And the world kid got a world of an ass beating yesterday. And <laughs> thank goodness for the doctor allowing this fight to continue when the referee wanted to stop it because the world kid probably should have been stopped in the first round. Size difference. Big in this fight. Eh, maybe I'm being a little harsh on the guy, but Saddam Ali, maybe you should look into who you're trying to fight before you actually accept an opponent based off the fact that you don't want to wait for a fight. That you just you, you just want to get in there and fight. He's talking like like Sylvester Stallone used to talk like Rocky. I can only imagine what Saddam Ali's going to sound like with his list that he's got 20 years down the road. But dude showed a little bit of heart. Was trying to get up. <laughs> oh man, I was happy to see this fight yesterday. Much respect to Saddam Ali. Though I'm not going to just. You know, take a crap all over him. He he kept getting up. Too tough for his own good. Shame on his corner. They didn't give a fuck about him. Um, if it was somebody that you cared about, you wouldn't have let him get in that second round. Uh, uh, ugly fight yesterday. Upset. Um, I had Seattle sign blowing me up right before the fight happened. Talking about he's got Jaime Munguia. And he's just yelling at me that he's got high. He goes, okay, calm the fuck down. I got you. I don't really care for that fight. <laughs> but he was, uh, I only really, I'm bringing it up because he thought that he was going to get no credit. And Well, you picked that guy's time, so you get your credit, whatever, yeah, by knockout. So, um, but 
impressive fight yesterday for young Jaime Munguia. This guy looks like he could be a problem, man. Big dude, good shape, throws it with good volume. Um, I, I wouldn't be so surprised to the fact that him would have looked any less of a fighter that he did against Sanam Ali, against Gennady Barbecue Ribs Golovkin. Looks like a good young, well, was prospect of the year. Now he's actually getting some clout. And, uh, eh, bad translation again from the, I forget the gentleman's name. I met him when I was at the uh, Chavez Canelo fight, the uh, HBO translator. Jaime Munguia was basically commenting on the fact that how he did not get the fight with Triple G because of the sanctioning bodies not accepting that. Basically in a smug, smart-ass kind of remark saying, I'm glad that they did not allow me to have that fight. That way I was able to come here and get this fight and take this belt. Basically a smart-ass remark. And the way that they kind of translated it was just like, oh, I'm just happy to be here. So terrible HBO. I forget the gentleman's name off the top of my head, but terrible job by uh, translating what my man was trying to get off. He was trying to show some little – he was trying to show a little bit something as far as charisma goes, whether it's in another language or not, and then they completely botched it. So that was pretty terrible. I was looking for this kid to get a little bit more of of some shine because of that. But he went in there and absolutely dominated the fight. Um, I was, uh, I mean, you could just see the size difference. Uh, I think he outweighed him by, uh, another, I mean, I'm, I, I can't, I'm not going to say it cause I can't see on top of my head, but just looking at the eye test, I mean, Saddam Ali was a little guy in this fight compared to this big guy. And, um, you know, that fight might've taken a couple of days off my man's life. <laughs> because he got in there and was too tough for his own good. Um, referees, doctors, very cautious during the whole fight because obviously his corner didn't care about him. Um, and as soon as that last knockdown had happened, the referee had seen enough. He had argued with the ref, um, or he had argued with the doctor saying, it's your call, Doc. Doc, let it go. And when they're going into the third round, after he had got dropped, I think, three times at that moment. Referee asked him, what round are we in? Questioning him to see if he's all there. Uh, Fourth round. Now we're going into the third, but okay. So, Saddam Ali, that's what happens when you don't take certain precautions when you're picking fighters to go up and defend that strap against tough kid. Give him an A for effort. But when it comes to performance, fails. And me, I'm a big Jaime Munguia fan as of right now. I want to see what this kid comes, what he does coming into the future, because that's a bad Mexican. That's a bad Mexican man right there. And and Saddam Ali, do a rematch if he's so big and tough. <laughs> now nah, he needs to take his ass back down, set it up. But Weller, oh man, I was salsa dancing all night after I seen this one happen. Slept like a baby. I think I tweeted Miguel Cotto last night too. Now he could rest, uh, and now he could now he could chill in the sunset without having to worry about that Saddam Ali L. Because I was even mentioning Ali needed to look good, but it was hard to look good against this guy because even if he won and struggled, 
people going to question that victory against Miguel Cotto. But I think, you know, I think he gets a little bit of a pass on this one because size of the dog in the fight don't always matter. But it was a big, big part of the equation in yesterday. And um, I know that's your guy, but, hey, sometimes it be that way, huh? Hey, man, fuck all that. Fuck all that. <laughs> hey, man, that boy Ali. Hey, hey I didn't. I I saw the uh, the weigh in, and I took a big gulp. You know, like it was uh, like a cartoon. Like I, it was big. Like my throat just got it was big lump, and I just gulp like, oh no, what the hell is what the hell is going on here? Because you know, on the Wednesday fight, the Wednesday show, I hadn't seen this guy. Never even looked at him. Like he said, I think JP said earlier. Um, you know, a guy that had fought in America just fighting Mexican guys. That's what this guy that's what this guy was. But I looked and saw how big he was, so I just took a big goat, man. Like, all right, maybe Ali knows something. I don't know. Then I saw Ali was very, very loose. He didn't look, you know. He didn't look toned, didn't look in that good of shape. So ah, come on, Ali. I turned hey, the fight on in the third. I, yeah, I turned the fight on in the third round. I don't know. I, I, I did. I, was, I did something. So I, I, I kind of like. I came on. I see Ali doing work. Ah, ah, ah. Ali hitting him with shots. I'm like, ah, right, yeah, that's what I thought. Then they say, yeah. I don't. They say something about you know not understanding. You know he's putting up a good fight, but you know, but it ain't looking good. I'm like, huh? I listen. My like, right, the You know, I press rewind. I'm like, ah. Oh. Yeah, it was a massacre. That was a setup. HBO, both fights. I don't even know who the who the first fight was, but it was a little Russian guy against a big ass Mexican cat. You know. Um, oh yeah, they're, they're pushing. Eight weeks. Huh? What'd you say? I said, oh yeah, that undercard was trash. You give me eight weeks, I'll beat both those dudes up straight up. You be my coach, brother. Yeah, those. I mean, yeah, those are small guys. So it was, it was two setups. Uh, I don't know what Ali did, but uh, you know, that was sort of tough, tough to watch. He went out like a G, I guess. You know, he popped back up, but you know, I'm not. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because cause real quick, Will, um, he was supposed to fight uh uh Liam Smith yesterday. We all remember Lee, Lee uh Liam BC Smith in that fight with Canelo. And that probably would have been in a, a big favor towards Saddam Ali um with the pepper punches that Liam Smith has. But just I mean, talk about a complete curveball of a fighter that you're gonna go against when it's a, a pity patty Liam Smith to a fucking big hog like Jaime Munguia because that kid was I mean, the size difference was on display like crazy yesterday. So I mean that's that's, hey, that's all these management. Who's the other who's the other big Mexican? So we saw these two big ass Mexicans. Who's the other big Mexican? Is it Ramir uh with the, the I think it's a, who wears the, the hat? It might oh, be like Benedito. the bandito or or Yeah, El Bandido de Roja. <laughs> um uh David Benavidez, I believe you talking about. That's the uh, Yeah, yeah. Another big that's ass a bad Mexican. Hey, right there. Yeah, they got a lot of Mexicans out here trying, big-ass Mexicans doing their work out here. So, hey, I want to see what this guy's got. 
you know, he beat the hell out of uh, Saddam Ali. So I want to, you know, I want to see what this guy's what got. Done, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big-ass dude to go down there. He's just going to be mopping boys. So I don't know why Ali took that fight. Uh, his dad was looking like he was about to cry. You know, I was a little teary-eyed, dog. Like, come on, Ali, what are we doing? You know, but, hey, can't fight these big-ass dudes, man. Definitely can, but Ali has to look at his corner a little bit after this fight, man, because I'm sure when he looked at this fight on film or on TV, like, he had no chance in this fight after the first, I mean, (laughs) midway through the first round, let alone after the first round. And his corners did not give a fuck about him. They really didn't care. They're trying to continuously move this fight along, not worried about my man's house. Talking about he's a world champion, he's a world champion. Like, man, that's some that's some bad that's some bad people to have around you, man. Like, I, I, that was an ugly look for me because you never, as much as I enjoyed it, still can't disrespect it because you don't want nothing to come back on anybody, no matter what. So, um. Respect to Ali, but you just got to get some different people in your corner. People actually care about you, man. You know what I mean? I would expect it if I was a fighter. I wouldn't want somebody just in it for their own value without worrying about my health that's being somewhat taken advantage of because Ali was too tough for his own good yesterday, you know? No, definitely. I mean, he tried to go out on the shield. The ref wanted to end it, you know, he wanted to fight. Hey, that's, you know, it's these guys' meal tickets too. So you can't really trust these guys to have this helping 100%, yep. you know, on their mind, you know. So, hey, they were they're the ones that let them get into this fight. I don't even know why they did that, as, as to tell you the truth. These guys are too big. He needs to fight the smaller guys or go on back down, you know. They set this guy up. That was a setup. A lot of the Twitter, the a lot of boxers on Twitter were uh, repeating the same thing that this was that it looked like a setup. How the hell is Ali fighting this guy? You know, so Ali, yeah, I don't know, but he needs to he needs to switch his corner. He might need to stop after that beating last night. He might just need to call it a day. But if not, he yeah, needs because, to I mean, start Ali over with his whole... 147, man. 147, holding the strap at 154, and then fighting a guy at 160 who looks like a big dude that cuts down to 160. So if Jaime Munguia wants to actually, you know, cause I figure he's going to, uh, you know, relinquish his strap because it's not his natural weight class. But, I mean, if he could somehow continue to make weight right there at 154, shit, throw him in the mix. With Jermel Charla, throw him in the mix with uh, with Jared Hurd, throw him in the mix with Ares Landy Lara. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is a this is a big dude to reckon with, man. If he could somehow make weight, he's gonna be on the Jared Swift Hurd regimen as far as being a big dude that's actually cutting himself down to that weight class and taking advantage of the physical gifts that he has. You know? No, yeah, the Mexican Hurd. Yeah, if he could do that, that'd be some serious. He was taking shots though. You know, I, well, that round I saw, he, you know, Ali was hitting him with some no, yeah, good shots. He wasn't. Ali had a little. Um, he had a little fury in the later round, like not later, but like somewhere in the third or like fourth or something like that. Third, he showed a little yeah. bit of fight to him. 
crowd started going crazy, chanting Ali. He was like, you know, he's showing a little something, and Munguia was stopping. Yeah. He, 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 he didn't put his punch rate out, so you knew something was going on there. Yeah, then he started beating him again. It was yeah, Munguia's a bully. <laughs> he's a bully. For real. But uh, you said we got uh, Janelle on the line with us. Let's uh, let's go to Janelle and uh, starting off with Saddam Ali, and then he could take it to Vasil Lomachenko and seeing how how he's seen those two fights going down. Janelle, what's good with you, man? What's going on? What's going on? Well, actually, how you doing today, um, my brother? I saw Lomachenko fight. I didn't watch the Ali fight, but I got it recorded. I was about to watch it today because I had to leave last night. Um, I saw Lomachenko fight, and I saw my boy Kimo get slept in the first round. Which uh, he knocked him down in the division because Kimo promptly put on the one eighty five after that. But then uh, I had to go do something after that, so I didn't catch the, the, the Ali fight. So I'm gonna watch it uh, soon, actually, so I can speak on the uh, on the uh, Lomachenko fight. Um, well, speaking on Lomachenko fight, I mean it's a good win for him, but I'm like, I'll, guys moving weight, we always see uh, some kind of flaws in guys. And you just saw it. And you just saw it last night. And I'm more convinced last night from what I saw last night that he, if he fights Garcia, Mike Garcia at 135 or 140, he gets put to sleep. And he gets put to sleep. I'm more convinced now than I ever was. Uh, he likes to reach. He uh, leads in with his head a lot. He likes to reach. Um, he walks in the shot. I guess you know what I'm saying. Um, I guess he's so comfortable in his reflexes or whatever. But I think Mike Garcia would literally put him to sleep. I mean, last night, I actually saw um, Lazar that's coming on uh, by the time he got knocked out. I guess he just got caught with the perfect shot. You know, the liver shot, it does a lot to guys, you know. It could change the whole course of a fight at a snap of the finger. And that's exactly what it did. But, yeah, I, mean, I just saw a lot of flaws in him last night. And I'm, and I'm really convinced that if he fights with Mike Garcia, that he really loses that fight. And I always told you guys that when guys move in weight, man, you just see different things in guys. You just see different – and see guys' real flaws. It's like you saw when Shane Mosey went up against Vernon Forrest, and you saw what his weakness was. A long, stiff, snappy jab will keep him at bay. And you didn't see that at 135. All the other guys he fought at 147, but you saw it against uh, Vernon Forrest. You saw when he fought Winky Wright. Uh, Winky Wright's jab oh, oh, was a real problem for him. And I thought he lost if he matched De La Hoya because De La Hoya's dad was on point that night. You know? So, like, hey, man, as guys grow up, you just really see real kinks in guys. You see the guys as far as, like, of what they can and what they can't really do too well against a naturally bigger, stronger guy. And uh, I think Lomo would definitely have problems with Garcia. But still, overall, it's a good thing. I hate the comments. How the commentary just stuck in his uh, cock acting like he can kind of I'm acting like he's really the best talent that, that the world's ever seen. That's just ridiculous. I mean, come on, pump your brakes on that a bit. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? And last night, he definitely didn't look superhuman like he did before at the lighter weight. But it's like, you can basically jocking him way too much. And, that's just, and at times, that's just had me, like, uh, wanting to turn off the comment or turn the volume completely off because that Timothy Bradley, his jaw got to be hurt this morning, man. It's got to be. I mean, it, it's just sticking in his hand, that shit. About how or Bob Man pumping him up. I'm not saying Bob Man doing it because because that's his fighter, and he's trying to promote the guy. And the guy is a great talent. Don't get me wrong, he's a great talent. But come on, the best talent ever. That's just he said. I don't think they even really believe that shit. They even just stop it, man. And as far as they saying 
about how it's just 11 fights. He's three different champions. Now, let's not forget, the guy was an amateur for how long? He was a 28-year-old beating up 16- or 19-year-old uh, boys. So it's like I, the guy had a lot of experience from the amateurs, over 400 fights. Because uh, in those um, other countries, whatever, uh, they get paid for the amateur uh, matches, you know. And this is why a lot of them don't turn pro too fast. So just, uh, as far as he's got 11 full fights under his belt, a three-division world champion, I mean, you got to uh, look at things. And then they was comparing Delahoy and Floyd and Pacquiao on how long it took them. But it's like, okay, Floyd turned pro at what? 18, 19 years old, was it? At the time, Lomachenko was still a fucking amateur at 28 years old or twenty or late 20s, he was still amateur. I mean, come on. So just stop the whole, um, pump the brakes a bit about that. I'll read in between the lines and see exactly what really happened. The guy took so long to turn pro. Now, he was on a pro level beating up a young kid. It was like, but yet no one ever wants to talk about that. They just say that, oh, my God, just let fights and he's on here. He's on a three-division champion. Oh, my God, he's on, he's on the first of really being the greatest. Of all time, he's better than Ali. I mean, come on, man. Just stop the bullshit. That's just what I got to say on the whole uh, Loma Chico. But, hey, overall, it was still a good victory for him. I'm not, I'm not trying to rain on his parade or whatever. It was still a good victory. A kudos to him. No, it definitely was. Um, no matter how we looked at it, um, you, you, you made a good point when they talk about the age and all this and that. It's similar to college basketball. How Americans are one and done damn near in the Olympics, and you know those guys overseas hang around a little bit longer. Um, you know, so much so like my guy Jose Carlos Ramirez, who just picked up the uh, the vacant 140 WBC strap, had fought Lomachenko in the amateurs and uh, lost the fight against him, and which was um, I wouldn't say up for debate, but. You could just tell that there was a grown man in there fighting a a seventeen year old kid. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's one guy who's also on the list of possibilities of the next fight for Lomachenko. If he's talking about, or if he even thinks about going to 140, I think that's probably the guy they would look at. Or um, depending on how the Ramirez program happens. He better stay with Garcia. Though. He better stay oh, with yeah. Garcia. He need to stay away. He needs to stay out of any kind of radius from Mikey Garcia. That's 1,000% for sure. Um, hopefully lot, hopefully people don't think we're crazy for saying that like they thought we were previous to because Mikey Garcia ain't going to let him get up and, and move around or even just come forward with his hands the way he did, allowing that straight to get in there. It's not going to happen with a guy like Mikey Garcia, man. And Garcia's always in position to land his bomb. He's a really good counter puncher. His timing is impeccable. I mean, I don't see – I mean, even last night, man, Lomachenko hit with some pretty good shots, you know what I'm saying? Oh, kudos to him on oh, showed a real good chin, but I think Garcia – I think Garcia freaks him. I really believe that. We all do. Oh, yeah. You know, um, speaking oh, my of God, Garcia. Willis agreeing with me? Oh, shit, Willis agreeing with me? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he never agrees with me. Uh, yeah. Break, breaking hey, basically, history right here? Basically, you said, yeah, basically, you said everything that I said, you know. Um, I just uh, got on the show, so I, from, wish I was, I just got on yeah, the show. Yeah, from the so commentary, I, you know, to the, uh, you know, for everything, you know. Gave yeah, that shit made me sick last night, night man. That shit, that shit made me sick. And then they told me, and, and then they, oh, so no Delahoy, Florida, Packer, how long it took them. Uh, but those guys were, 
I look at the age wise, those guys who are fighting as a pro. And Lomo was yeah. a, a past their age fight as amateur. So it was like, come on, man, just stop the bullshit, man. And and yeah. all his dick riding fans never talk about that. They never talk about how he was a grown man beating up on fucking teenagers and shit in the amateurs. But it's like, come on, man. And how can you not mention this shit? Uh, Teddy Atlas talking about this. Uh, Timothy Bradley talking about I'm like, come on, you, uh, I mean, come on, stop the bullshit. Man. Y'all see this shit. I'm coming. I know what's going on here. But again, it's all a marketing thing. It's all a marketing strategy. And Bob Arum is doing a wise idea. I, mean, I can't knock Bob Arum because Bob Arum is trying to milk the guy some cash. And it's working. It's working. You saw the crowd last night in the garden. I mean, it's working. But, I mean, come on. But guys inside the boxing world who are not under Aram should uh, clearly talk about that. But no one talks about it. And that shit just makes my blood boil. And then they compare him to Pacquiao and Floyd and, and, and De La Hoya, how long it took them to be three division champions. I mean, yeah, but look at the age of why. They was younger than almost a bit. A less amateur experience also. I mean, come on, man. But, hey, that's the beauty of marketing, man. That's what marketing is. In marketing, you sell the sizzle and not the steak. It is what it is. It is what it is, definitely. Guy picking on kids when he was in the amateurs. We all know what time it is. Um, one thing we were mentioning was Mikey Garcia a few times on the show. This fight, that's a coming fight that everybody's been waiting on. Talking about the whole, um, everyone's kind of looking forward to whether this one was going to happen or not, but looks like it is. Mikey Garcia and Robert Easter Jr., Matchup's done. July 28th, Staples Center here in California. I might have to go check that one out. Um, big fight should be, but if we're talking about Robert Easter Jr., before his last two fights, I'd really be hyped for this fight. But the the last, it might actually be three performances that he's just put out from lackluster as it gets, man. And we all know about the the talent that Robert Easter has, and somewhat, um, not somewhat, but the the advantages he has in that weight class with the size, length, and speed. He 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 should be able to give, I mean, everybody problems, and not been struggling the way he has been in his last two, arguably that he lost his last fight. Uh, from some people, but that fight's coming up. Um, I'll leave that one for uh, for Willard to talk about on Wednesday, as we have that for previews. But nonetheless, man, we gotta wrap this shit up today, folks, because um, Mother's Day is around the, is, is here, and uh, lunch is around the corner. So gotta get ready and. Go do the family thing and all that good stuff. So I want to thank JP and Janelle for coming on here, giving the insight that they got. And um, I'm going to take it to my man, Willa, and uh, hope you have a, a good rest of your day, Willa. Um, I will be texting you during the game about the MVP. And uh, what, what, what you got planned for um, for the rest of your day, my guy? Oh, nothing much. Going to go catch up with my mom. Do a little just family stuff, man. You know, nothing too crazy. And watch these games. So, uh, yeah, I want to tell everybody, happy Mother's Day, all the moms. I think we got the Badu Jack Stevenson fight next week, right? Then we got uh, Gary Russell, thinks fighting Diaz Jr. or someone like that. So, 
got some fights to cover on Wednesday. And uh, so we'll check you all out then. All right, there we go. Um, We'll let that be that with everybody. Hope you guys all enjoy your day. All the mothers out there, love you. All the Latina mothers that had the the Latina Mother's Day that came early in the week, love you as well. And hope you guys all have a blessed week. We'll be back to you guys on Wednesday and then with the main show coming on Sunday. So for everybody out there who's rocking with us, we're rocking with you. Outside is Boxing Podcast, man, and we out. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time.